Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life Podcast, Season 3, Episode 13. In this episode, I interview my friend Jocelyn, who is awesome, creative, HSP person and mom, and she is just super cool, and I am so excited to share our conversation with you. Enjoy! All right, so we are here today with Jocelyn, and I met Jocelyn, um, she's a parent of a a child at my son's school too, and we kind of crossed paths, and then she kind of joined our HSP meeting groups, and um, I have to say, Jocelyn, through the pandemic, like our friendship that we started developing was one of like my saving graces. I think having just had a newborn and being kind of in that, now we're in a pandemic, uh, meeting new people was great. So what can you tell us about yourself? You know, introduce yourself. Um. Well, I always, I keep, this is really something random, but I keep my California, LA area code for as long as I, I will keep it for as long as I can. Um, because my heart stayed in California to some degree, but um, yeah, we've my my family, my husband and I, we moved out here 16 years ago. So it's we're we've set roots now, and I'm grateful. And I remember <clears throat> um, there was a, a small period of time when we thought we might have to move away to a different state, and my heart just sank. Like I immediately cried thinking of my friendships. And so yeah, no, we we have roots here now. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, California is so accessible. Um, my family's from Guatemala. My family is mixed. My husband is Filipino. So, um, but monolingual English. <laughs> um, unfortunately, his parents didn't teach him Tagalog. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think there's been some challenges in terms of culture and community that we've experienced out here. But it also just carries a little more meaning to have a little more of a proactive, um, you know, approach to living life and doing life. And um, so, I mean, I guess that's a little bit about me. All right, so I'll go ahead with my first question, which is what does creativity mean to you? Um, Creativity means, I think, just freedom to discover yourself. Um, I think, I feel that I practice creativity in like all areas of my life. I always try to, like, I always carry markers as a, I'm, I'm a speech language pathologist. And even if I don't have any materials, I have blank paper and I have crayons or markers. And so I think it's just a way that it can communicate something. Um, and, you know, I work with kids who sometimes can't get the words across. So giving them another modality um, it's just kind of second nature to me. And I think personally, I just love the arts and crafts. I just think you can get lost in it. You can, you know, be in community with it. You can do it in partnership. You can do it by yourself. Um, and to me, it just brings me such joy. So I probably explore too many things and can't focus on any one art form. Um, but it's, it's okay. I've, I really embraced that aspect of like, 
it's okay. I'm project oriented. And so if someone notices and asks me to make their invitations or baby shower recuerditos, I'm on it. I'm That's on awesome. it. I stay up late and it brings me utter joy. <laughs> that was one of the things when we were discussing the HSB creative project and, you know, like, I remember this one time you like brought out all your stuff that you were working on. You're like, and I have this notebook and I have this. And I'm like, yes, someone else like me. And it was, like, I just, I love that feeling of meeting people that kind of get lost in what they do creatively, whether it's music or, you know, like you said, arts and crafts. Um, what would you say? And I know we've talked about this too, like the, what do we call it? The squirrel, like, yeah. like you're in the middle of something and then you see something else. You're like, well, that looks fun. That looks fun. Um, what would you say like your biggest challenge with that is? Like, I know um, there's those moments that I, and I totally get it because I haven't too, but like, what do you, like, what, what stems from that? Or what do you notice? Like, that's how oh, that sucks that I do that sometimes. Yeah, I, I think I get disappointed that I can't um, kind of create products that I consistently, not products, I shouldn't say products, but like, like an outcome consistently, like, I don't have enough artwork to like hang because I work with glass or fabric or like, it's not, you know, so then I don't make a shelf of one thing, you know, of my things. Um, and so I think, so then I, and then I can't dive deep. I don't dive deep in any one thing. So I haven't gotten good at any one thing, I don't think. And then you just end up feeling, I end up feeling disappointed in myself, like darn, you know, and then you admire someone else's work because they've stayed consistent. They've stayed focused. And then I might internalize that. And so then it's just like the bad, you know, negative talk talk cycle. So I think it just feeds into, you know, my lack of incompletion sometimes. Um, And when I experienced that in my work setting, it, 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 it really set off like a, like, like a truly like a a deep, healthy, like unhealthy response. And I went to therapy <laughs> because I realized that it was, it's just my emotional response to incompleteness. Now, I think with the art, you don't, you're not obliged, right? I don't feel obliged, um, but I think there's still an element of, of the, having the expectation for myself um, that I don't fulfill. So I end up like experiencing disappointment in myself sometimes. Yeah, and so having to kind of rein that in a little bit you're like oh it's, it's just a project it's not like my job depends on it and yeah, there's yeah. a difference I think it's a hard line though because you create creatively you want to explore other things but if you like force yourself to finish something that you no longer feel you want to finish then it like forces creativity and then it feels like too rigid and so then you're like well I'm not doing it now because it's too rigid yeah. well at the same time you're like oh, but I probably should at least finish this because it'll complete it so it's just I, I love identifying that with other people and I think that's kind of the beauty in it that kind of finding that balance between starting all the fun new things and also knowing like oh I should probably finish this because I said I would or whatever um, which yeah. kind of reminds me of my next question which is about motherhood um and well, it's, um, go ahead. It's funny you say that. No, I'm going to interrupt because I think that's one of the things that I most um, admire and respect from you is I think I was starting to kind of really integrate it like with motherhood. And I think seeing you and and how you do it with your with your boys, like I was it just it was an immediate like 
it like like a respect admiration and like I just want to hang out with you (laughs) oh thank you no it's I, I think about that with like Motherhood is the, when teaching, I would agree, like both things kind of go hand in hand is one of the most creative endeavors we partake in. Like we, we think like oh, motherhood has to be, especially coming from like a culture where it's been done a different way. And now we're like breaking a lot of cycles. And I know we've had conversations about that and how we've seen our parents do things differently. And we might not want to do it the same way because we know more now and we have more resources and access to things. But I think about it in, I don't think enough people kind of like talk about how hard it can be and how fun it is and how great it is. So my question is, what are some of your major challenges in motherhood? And then what are some of the like most wonderful things about it? Ooh, I know, that's, that's a, big, a loaded question. I, I'm already, and oh, you know, oh. thank you for creating the safe space to just like let my tears be okay. Oh, you know, I think course. it's funny because I love my friends. My closest friends love me. I love them but I'm the, I'm the sensitive one. And I, I think I'm literally the only one like out of that close, you know, closest friends. And so I think, again, I'm just speaking to like how you've created just a space where so many of aspects of me just like feel safe. So first, thank you. Always. Go ahead. (laughs) I think with motherhood. um, So I think one of the hardest things was like, but what was your question? It was, was some of the hard, hard aspects of motherhood or joys, joys of motherhood. Yeah. Um, um, I'll start with the joy. Cause I think, um, again, like you, like I was really starting to get in a rhythm of doing creativity or doing art with um, my daughter pre pandemic. And it's like, it just kind of, because she was older, she was, you know, in that four or five range and we were having like mother-daughter dates at a coffee shop. I'd get coffee, she'd get hot cocoa. Um, and we were even starting to, and we would toggle between just us two or inviting friends to play games or color or paint. Um, and we do it now, just not in such a routine way, but that has been a real joy of just seeing her be really, um artistic like and to just see her kind of run with it so I finally bought um um a pen for my iPad and finally downloaded Procreate um here's what's funny so I'm I'm like so slow it's not intuitive so I'm like okay just kind of basic things she has taken off with it and it's been so fun to see isn't that crazy? Um, like you see them do it. You're like, whoa. <laughs> she's just intuitive. She's created color palettes. She's learning. She's figured out layers. Um, so that just brings me, it's just makes me so happy and it encourages me. I'm like, okay, I got to I got to keep up with her. <laughs> um, and like we're, we're making stickers with our, my new Cricut machine. Um, so she does gravitate. So to have a partner in that has been like, just so affirming. (laughs) Um, and then to also see the connections sort of generationally, I don't think I had ever really appreciated how, how creative my mom is. Um, and in her, 
you know, a lot of it was driven by need. Like she, she's had like probably like 20 different jobs um, because she's just had to provide. But in that she's, she has really modeled like exploring different aspects of her own creativity. Like she even tried photography. I'm like, wow, that's right. You know, like she did, you know, she did all these unique things. Um, so that brings me a lot of joy. And I think um, in terms of motherhood, goodness, I mean, I think motherhood has just taught me uh, to live with paradoxes, you know, like experiencing deep pain, but the deepest joy at the same time. That's hard. Um, I know that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And I think just motherhood has really brought those love, those types of experiences. Um, and I mean, I think it's hard. It's hard to go through like a hard birth experience or a hard nursing experience. Um, but, and so, and some of those things when, when they're hard, I can say that I don't reach out for help. And so it can be very lonely. Oh yeah. So, that, that one hits me for me. Cause I would very much say yes, me too on that one. It, which I think the pandemic was a huge it was like a huge, like, I don't know, like, I want to reach out, but not to the people that I knew. So that's when I'm saying, like, we developed this friendship. It was so much easier for me to kind of like try to make new friends and surround myself with new people because I felt like I couldn't do the things that we I normally did. So like asking for help, you know, like my mom couldn't watch my kids and my in-laws couldn't come and let me take a nap with a newborn, you know, like there was so many things. So I think, yeah, that reaching out for help is, me really hard yeah. Sure. yeah and it's just like my typical response like I it's it's the opposite of how I in a sense love on others but I just it's so hard for me to step into it myself it, again paradoxes right you would think it'd be super easy uh, but yeah so <laughs> so yeah community community is everything and the women that um, could probably identify it and just kind of gently like, you know, interjected um, or just God interjecting, like, you know, I'm like, you're a godsend, you're a godsend, like literally, no, literally you are a godsend. <laughs> yeah, like I was, I was, I was, I needed help and I didn't want to get it, but someone provided it for me. So yes. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and you kind of touched on this a little bit too, when you mentioned about your mom having like many different jobs. There's like a resourcefulness that I think we learned that I think our, you know, our parents' generation or whatever, because they needed to, had to be so creative and find so many resources. Like you mentioned about, you know, how she did photography and I'm just flashing back. I'm like, my mom like sold a Mary Kay when I was little, like she had a job and it's like, you think of all these other companies like growing now and all these things. I'm like, our parents, like my mom found so many different ways to be creative to be able to provide. And I think that, you know, like if I had to find those creative outlets for myself in order to provide, like how much more creative would I be now? And you start kind of like putting yourself in their shoes and be like, oh, wow, I guess I, I am creative in this other way. So mm -hmm. um, that's really interesting. Uh, and I know you work, you mentioned you work a lot with children. And so my last question that I have is, uh, let's see, how can I word this? how 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 can we encourage the future generations to live authentically 
and to be who they really are. Like I think about my, you know, you know, Diego, like I think about my sons and how hard it is for me to like back off and just let him be who he is and make him feel like it's okay to be who he is and not change himself for the world around him. So, you know, you work with kids, you have a child, you see other parents, what would you say would be one of the things that we could do to encourage that in children? Yeah, and you know, it's easier to sort of see it in other in other parents before we kind of see it in ourselves. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you you already exemplify having increased awareness. Um, and so along with that, I think I, I, like I'm just trying to practice like watch, listen and like, shut up. <laughs> like, because I'm probably like gonna gravitate, I'm gonna default to like, I want it this way, or I, I kind of want to guide it, right? But it's, it falls under like control. <laughs> and, um, but then at the core, that's not what I want. It's just kind of my default response. So I think we can get a lot out of just watching them, listening, um, and providing different like opportunities. And it doesn't even have to be like material things like, you know, how you discuss a story, you know, and asking more open-ended questions and like why and how questions could be, um, I like to actually encourage my, my clients, students, parents to think, to ask how and why. So for example, they identified or kind of figured something out. Oh, how did you figure that out? Because not only does it grow their words because you, and it, it doesn't come out easy. It's like, you have to navigate higher level words or like, um, but it clues you in as to their thinking process. Um, and so I try as much as I can to stop myself, you know, and just to be more mindful. But again, it just like half the battle is just that awareness. And then that way you can sort of check yourself like, oh, did I just say that? Did I interject? Did I just kind of, in a sense, like squash that like opportunity? It's like, no, 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 you can open it. And that's the beauty of, of, of children. It's, they're so forgiving. They are. And <laughs> yeah, and you can redirect them and open it up. You can say, I'm sorry. I say sorry a lot to my child. Um, and then, you can regain that sort of that joy and playfulness. Um, and I would say that that's another thing I, I, I do a lot for my families and, and try to practice myself is just playing, just play, you know, whether that's imaginative play or, um, you know, board books, that kind of thing, um, figuring stuff out outside where we, you know, kids grew up with rocks, dirt, sticks, and made up games, so. Yeah, no, I think about that too. We, um, we go for, we try to, now that the weather's getting nicer, go for a daily walk. And you've seen my post about this tree that Diego has been climbing and he's like so big next to it. Like we always make mud balls when we're there. Like I used to love playing with mud as a kid. Like that was one of like, my grandma grew up or she lived in a super small town in Mexico and we would go, um, it was maybe like an hour or two away from where we live. So it wasn't like we would go all the time, but I used to love going there. She had pigs and chickens and like, I used to get covered in mud and my mom would hate it. So now I'm like, I have my own kids. 
they're gonna roll around in the mud. Let's <laughs> um, anyway, so we like we have this game where we like mud balls and then we like try to stick them on the tree. It's like <laughs> this thing, and um, it was really sweet. So yesterday or the day before, Diego is now teaching Dante how to make mud balls. And I was like, <laughs> that was such a sweet moment. Like now he's like trying to find like this is how you make mud ball dancing. Like he's getting through his training and all that. We don't need all these fancy toys and creative markers and you know like all these fancy things. Like, we don't need mud. It's fine. He'll be fine. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to say? Now that I went off on a tangent about my mud story. Is <laughs> you. <laughs> You really practice. I feel that you are, again, you're exemplary and just showing how we can do it, even if it's messy, even if it's a little like, oh, we're not sure, but like, you're really someone who has stayed in action um, and is so proactive about um, connection and creativity and understanding ourselves and bringing our kids along, you know? So just kind of really marrying all those those aspects so no I just thank you again for for what you're doing and like you know amongst the community you're growing and um yeah it's so fun to meet other sensitive people too like we haven't really touched a lot on that but I'm like when you meet a highly sensitive person and they kind of rediscover that in themselves and then learn to accept it and it's like yes it's awesome to be sensitive and do like cry at the drop of a hat like I, I think we don't accept that as much and I think it's so beautiful to see you know like I don't know how your child is but like when I see my kid and sometimes it's really annoying I have to be honest like sometimes I'm like seriously again but then to be able to watch it on the other side of you know how we can accept others and ourselves in that way um did you know you're a highly sensitive person before or um, I remember I did social work before I did um, speech therapy and there was one book I think it was called like the inner child that I thought touched on it and then but I didn't dive deep even then I've always been the crybaby in the family and my friends like quotation marks those are nice <laughs> the cry baby <laughs> yeah there's like heavier spanish you know versions oh, yeah. of it that are a little a little more for forceful um but i think and and like i i took a quiz like i think shortly after we kind of got connected and i did one of those quizzes and i didn't come out highly sensitive so I was that's like, right i'm just sensitive i'm not highly sensitive <laughs> but then as i continued to listen to your podcast and again i was like Hey, there's just way too many I was like and then I, yeah way too many prongs of like those characteristics that I'm like no I think I am and then I remember sharing it with my sister and she's like no yeah no you and I were all we're definitely highly sensitive like and you're really highly <laughs> you're highly highly sensitive <laughs> yeah yeah and I I see it in my child like I see it in my daughter um and, but it's really, you'll laugh at this and it, it's not a like paid thing, but like it, maybe brace yourself, but have you heard of the movie Bevo? Oh my gosh. We watched it like three times already. <laughs> oh my word. Like uh, such an underestimated film, but like we were bawling. Like my daughter was like wailing oh. because it, it touched on so many like 
and so many strings like yeah um but i'm like okay this is clearly an illustration of how <laughs> sensitive we are but it's awesome it's so cool to be able to experience that with your kids and to feel things so deeply like just watching a movie and to have such like a human experience with your children and to kind of you're talking about creativity like to share in that and to say like you're a partner you're a human being along like this ride with me i'm not here to tell you who you are what to do but you're experiencing life with me and like that's beautiful. No, yeah. Lin Manuel Miranda is like an amazing. Like, I just want to meet him too. I a genius. Like genius. He's genius. I mean, yes. So I'm listening to this book on Audible about his um how in the heights, how he wrote in the heights. I like to hear him explain because I'm not very musically talented. That's like my husband's job. But I yeah, I'm like, that's his job to be musically talented, not mine. And um just to hear him talk about how he came up with the lyrics and how he had to change things depending on what was happening and the music and like how he encountered all these, you know, blocks and how he had to work through them. And I'm just like, that's amazing. Like I have my top five people that I would love to interview or to get to know. And like, he made it up there after Vivo. I'm like, he's, he's in that list. I... Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so just share, may I ask who are your top five? Um, well, now Limino Miranda, um, Brene Brown, for sure. Brene Brown, I know it's like weird. Um, Oprah, obviously. Yeah. And then there's this guy that I listen to. His name's Andy. He calls himself Andy J Pizza. I know it's like so weird. He's he's not like super famous, but he's like a little more. But he just wrote a, a children's book. Oh, by the way, thank you so much for sharing about the Storyteller Academy. I watched all the videos for the beginning courses. Oh. They're so good. They're so good. And now I have, because I've been having this block with one of my dreams is to be an author illustrator for children's books. Like that's, I don't know if I ever shared that with you. Okay. But that's like one of my things. And I've been having these blocks of not knowing where to go or how to do the next things. And this, these classes just completely, I'm like, yeah, that was a godsend moment. I'm like, thank you, Jocelyn. You just answered all my questions because now I know what to do next. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so Andy J. Pizza, he's this guy, he has a podcast called uh, The Creative Pep Talk, and uh, he's really funny, and I, I just think he'd be really fun to be around with. I think that's four people. I don't know. I still have a fifth one. Okay. I want to say Obama, like Barack Obama. <laughs> that's like so weird. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, he's just so straightforward. Like, you know, I, I, I like, like he's really prepared. Like, I can, couldn't just come in with open, like, you know, how you do it? <laughs> oh, no, wait, I know my other one. Maybe no, but maybe six people. Uh, her name's Martha Beck, and she's an author. She's, you should look into her stuff. I just took her creativity course that just finished. Um, amazing. Like, she just, I read so many of her books, and the last one I read is just really, really good. Um, what's it called? I forgot what it's It's so good. I have it right here. So I talk about Dante and why we named him Dante. And so she takes this whole concept of like Dante, the author, the writer, and the how he kind of went through his whole Dante's Inferno and how he wrote it and kind of as a guide for how we can find ourselves. It's really deep. She's really awesome. It's called The Way of Integrity. It's a really good book. Anyways, so she would be, I have like six people. I don't know. <laughs> Who would be some of your people? I think I first thought of the question like um or or like when you said Lin Manuel, I'm like, who are my other like 
genius people that I respect, like sort of creatively, artistically. And it would be like Shakira, like Shakira and like just so talented and, and then just like such good human beings, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely totally feel you on Brene Brown. Cause she, like, I, like the study of people, you know, and, and just straight shooter, like, let's be vulnerable. Let's be real. Like how fun would it be to, I'm saying anyone else? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little stumped right now. I, I think, think I just need to think about it right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, now that I'm like, you say all these people, I think maybe what the reason why I would want to interview them or just get to know them or, you know, can you be my friend type of person? <laughs> and I think it's because they're doing, I don't want to say what they're meant to do, but they've tapped into that. Like they are who they are and they're providing such a gift to the world by just being themselves. Yes. And I think that's the part that I, I think about my question number three of how can we encourage our kids to do those things? And it's imagine being in the world where we're surrounded by people like them you know, like all the Lynn Manuels would like do their thing and all the Brene Browns would do their thing. And how cool would that be instead of having to like go through all like the, you know, this is not really who I am, but I'm pretending to be who I am because that's what society has taught me, you know, how to get through the patriarchy kind of <laughs> disassemble everything and teach our kids yeah, yeah. to show up. It's, it's being like surrounded by people that are so self-aware and confident yeah who they are yeah I mean yeah yeah I don't think I I mean I know I'm sure Lin-Manuel goes through his moments of like is this is this what I want but I'm sure he's not like I'm not good enough for anything like he's gone past that I think I mean obviously he has to right (laughs) yeah Awesome. All right. Well, we kind of went off on a tangent with that, but that's fine. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add before we say goodbye or? I'm so excited and I can't wait to see what you and your daughter do with like, share your stickers. Like I want to see, I want to know what you guys are doing. I think I just posted this morning about how my son's into Pokemon now. Yeah. What he's like, did you know Charmander? Blah 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 blah. And then I don't know their names. I'm like, what is happening? He's like, and then this one's this power, and that I'm like, but he's drawing them all, and I'm like, this is so cool. I don't know what's happening. And it's okay. Because I couldn't like she had her phase of it too. It's not as 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 deep anymore. And I just, I was like, I just, I can't wrap myself. Like I can't track the types and the names. Sorry, just not enough brain power. That's exactly <laughs> where I'm at thing. now. That's where I'm at right now. I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds great. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, probably air, not this week, but ne- next week. I'll send you the link to it and everything. Okay. Well, I thanks, hope you- yeah. Have a great Sunday and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.